0: How are your legs? You all right? Stay standing because we're going to do something different. We're going to stand for the reading of God's Word. Because God's Word is so powerful, it can change your life. It is the truth that can set you free. And so if you've you've got your phone with your Bible app on, or if you've got the real deal Bible, you can turn with me to Ephesians 4, verse 17. We're going to read to verse 32. All right, here we go. Do you know when you ask someone, just give it to me straight. This is Paul giving it to you straight. Here we are. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do. That's those that don't know Christ. For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives them, gives because they have closed their minds And harden their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put, who was here last week? Put on a new, your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbours the truth, for we are all part of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry for anger gives a foothold for the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those Who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, what Paul's saying is live this way, live in your new nature. Instead, come on, can we read this together? Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. In Matthew 10:8, in the last part of that verse, he says that Jesus says this freely you have received freely give heavenly father today as we stand in your presence as we read your word god i pray that you would enlighten our hearts god that you would switch them on that you would suffer them so that we can receive god what you are wanting to say to us today god we submit to you we surrender to you we open our eyes to your truth in jesus mighty name and everybody said amen Amen. you may be seated Well, today is I Forgive Sunday. It's an initiative started by the Abdallahs, a family whom I'm about to tell you a story. It's not only been picked up by the Australian Christian churches right across the nation, but it's been picked up as a day that we're going to set aside just to focus in on the power of forgiveness. The Jewish community has picked it up. The Muslim community has picked it up. And I'm believing that this concept of forgiveness, which Jesus so powerfully not only spoke about but showed us, will reverberate throughout our community. The sun was setting on the first day of February in the Abdullah household two years ago. They they had a gathering. The, the friends and family were in their house having a meal, just like they used to always did. It was a regular occurrence, and and it was about quarter to eight down south, so the sun is still up later into the evening. And the seven of the kids wanted to go for ice cream, and so they decided to walk to the corner store, which is only a short walk away. And uh Leela Abdullah and Danny Abdullah said yeah that's that's fine but Danny's sister was going are you sure it's safe for the kids to walk and they go it's it's literally on the footpath to the store and back there'll be five minutes max and so the kids went off at that same time a gentleman by the name of Samuel Davidson 29 hopped in a car he was three times over the legal limit he was drunk but he was also drug affected at the time. And he was driving down the busy street close to where these children were and he lost control of his four-wheel drive and he mounted the curb. Of the seven children, four died that day. Three of them were Danny and Leela's kids and one was their niece. As a father, I can't fathom the pain. Maybe you remember it on the news. I do. Not, not just the pain for the Abdullah's, but the whole family. The, the remaining kids, the kids who saw it, the kids who didn't, the uncles, the aunts, the grandparents, the friends. What, what about the community? We start school for most kids tomorrow. The, the school community whose children weren't going to be there the next day. What are the first responders? It was a picture they'll never forget. A, a, a common, unremarkable piece of footpath has now become a constant reminder of pain, of loss, of grief. I, I, I can't fathom the pain. The man behind the wheel... I. I I'd imagine a level of such great regret, of shame. What about his parents? They raised him so much better than that. Consider every time they try to step out on the street knowing what through one silly decision their son has done. And so life changed in a moment and it was unable to change back. And we share moments like that in our lives where life changes. Something happens, a circumstance occurs, and we can't change it back. We can't reverse what has happened. And our story is not the Abdullah story, but it's our story. And it's painful to us. It's not about their story so much more painful than ours. You might look at it and go, yeah, it is. But to us, the situation that we face that hurts us is equally as painful to our story. I mean, it might have been something that someone said to you or said about you that continues to echo in in your ears and in your mind and in your heart. It might have been 25 years ago in school. Maybe it was the innocence lost to a trusted friend or relative. Maybe it was someone's silly decision or a planned decision that cost you severely financially. Maybe it was just a friend who walked away and didn't say why. And, and it's like you live with a scar or maybe you walk with a limp and you don't know how to change it. You, you're not sure whether your heart will ever be the same. And then you hear some preacher like me step up and say, here are the words of Jesus. This is how he taught us to pray. In Luke eleven four, 4, he says, forgive us for doing wrong as we forgive others. And it poses a question. How do I forgive what I can't forget? What, what do I do when that Unchangeable feels unforgivable. Jesus, how? <laughs> how? It, it seems so unrealistic. It's hard, it's hard to give forgiveness, but if you've ever been on the receiving end, it's amazing to get. Hard to give. Amazing. To receive. But when I consider Jesus, like what we've been singing about, when I consider Jesus and what He freely gave to me and what I have freely received by Him, when I refuse to give what He's given to me, something in my heart starts to get heavy it starts to form a level of weightiness in my soul. You see, Danny and Leela abdullah they were followers of Jesus. They were part of the local church community and they understood what they had received from God and even in their pain, didn't allow the gift of forgiveness to stop with them, but they chose to give it. You know, in the days following that tragedy, they actually penned, An open letter to the driver of the vehicle so that the community could read it. Forgiving him. It's a powerful thought. Did it change the circumstance for them? No. Their children weren't coming back. It was unchangeable. But forgiveness began to change them. It started to changed the community around them healing started to begin in them and in others the healing of grief there was a palpable sense of hatred that was starting to rise in the community towards the driver of the vehicle and his broader family and one act of forgiveness started to bring peace into what could be and what could have become a volatile situation People encountered grace through their actions and it moved the community towards unity rather than fracture. All at the power of forgiveness. People from every background, belief system, culture were profoundly moved. One person actually reports this and I want to read it. He says, it changed the way the community interacts. One act of forgiveness And rather now than stuck in anger, people started to reflect inwards and go, you know what, what really matters in my life? And people made changes in their life towards their children, towards their families, towards what they prioritised. There was a local Muslim family who were about to give birth and after the tragedy gave birth to a child. And they actually, were so profoundly impacted by the Abdullah's actions that they named their child Lila after the mother, hoping that this child would grow up with the strength, the conviction, and the grace of Lila Abdullah. Such was the impact of their decision to forgive. They had freely received from Jesus, and they freely gave. What they showed us was the way of Jesus. It's the hallmark of Jesus. And as his followers, it must be the hallmark of us. As a family, we're started, we've been watching the, the series, The Chosen, and I know many of you have seen it or have started to watch it or have gone through the whole season and are waiting for the next season. But the, 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 the series of chosen for me has, that's been the standout is watching the transformation of the disciples as they come under and they start to follow Jesus. People who had lived rough lives, who had turned their back on their own people to be tax collectors, those that had just lived for themselves and all of a sudden, bit by bit, their language changes, their actions change. The, the, it's like the apprentice being under the influence of the master, the transformation is what starts to capture me. And each one of us have the opportunity to come under the influence and the teaching and the love of a master and start to become like him so that our lives reflect him. And the biggest and one of the most significant hallmarks is forgiveness. I mean, I... I, I Consider the time of the disciples. Under Roman oppression, they've got some of their own people turning their backs on the Jews to become tax collectors. So you've got this discord in the town. You've got got religious leaders and the elite. You've got the poorest of the poor. You've got the ostracized, the outcast, the sick, the lame. You've got cultures mixing as it was a major trade route in that region. You had every opportunity for anger for discord, for flare-ups, for challenges. And Jesus, into the mix of this, says, can I sum it all up? Can I take all your history, all the law, everything the prophets have done, and can I give you, this is what it all means? Love your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and then love others, love your neighbour, as you love yourself. And the greatest hallmark of love is forgiveness. It's to not hold what someone's done to you, but to forgive. And Jesus just didn't speak about it. He showed it. He demonstrated it. I mean, talk about unchangeable circumstances. Jesus, three years into his ministry, is betrayed by one of his closest friends. He's wrongly accused and arrested based on no breaking of the law. He's brought before a Roman rule who could not find a reason for punishment. But such was the disdain from his own people that they forced the decision to kill Jesus. They even preferred the release of a murderer back onto the streets to see Jesus killed. This is madness at its best. And this is what Jesus is walking through. Talk about changing things in his life. I mean, it's not good for your self-confidence. I mean, you you can understand the Roman oppressive rule for, for injustice, but this is coming from his own people. And Rome gave in. He was insulted, he was spat on, he was beaten, he was whipped, he was starved, he was stripped naked in public, there was nails in his hands and his feet, he was hung on a cross where every breath felt like his last. He had a spear in the side and he was hung out in front of people to die. And in the midst of his most unimaginable pain, he says these words, Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they do. That's the sound music for the track. It's just building, we're building. Father, forgive them. That piece of land, that unremarkable plot on the outskirts of Jerusalem, now is like that footpath curb, is now... A constant reminder, not of a tragedy, but of one of the greatest acts of love that we now can walk in forgiveness. Father, forgive them. But little did we know that in the process of his death, he bore the requirements for us. The justice for our wrongs, so that we could receive freely and now give freely. I want to acknowledge a great book by Lisa Turkhurst, Forgiving the Unforgettable, which some of these points I've drawn from as I preach this message. But she says this in her book, and it's phenomenal. It says, forgiveness isn't something hard we have the option to do or not to do. Forgiveness is something hard won that we have the opportunity to participate in. It's the hallmark of Jesus, and as his followers, it must become the hallmark of us. Ephesians 4.32, we read it before, but I just want to read that one verse again. It says this, instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. You know the word forgive, when, you trans- when it's translated from the original Greek, that Greek word is charizomai. It's an extension of the word charis, which is we know as grace, which means to extend fa- favor. But that charisma takes it a step further. It says to extend favor that counts cancels, or you can say it like this: grace that pardons. It's given freely, not based on the merit of the person receiving it. When we forgive. It's an extension of grace that pardons the person, whether they deserve it or not. And so we could read verse 32 this way. It says, Give freely grace that pardons one another of what they owe you from their wrong actions, just as God freely gave you grace that pardoned what you owed him from your wrong actions. Freely you have received, now freely give. Oh, but do you know what? i just rather the first part of that verse... Can I just be kind? That seems doable, doesn't it? I okay, go, look, I'll just try and manufacture all my kindness. Even tender-hearted. I'd rather give that a crack. That's just another word for compassionate. Look, if you can just let me off at kind and compassionate, I'll be happy. Forgive? Never. Never. Because it seems it seems hard I, I, I'm not sure that I can but I, some some of you in this room are holding on to things that have been years since they happened and even as I speak you're starting to consider and remember situations which you go you know what I'm still angry about that it still hits here can I tell you forgiveness is possible Forgiveness is possible. It's just not possible in our own strength. My ability to forgive others is made possible when I lean into what Jesus has done for me. His grace flowing freely to me and then flowing freely from me. Forgiveness is not an act of self determination, it's only made possible in my cooperation with him. He has made a way. His way is not determined by my strength. His way is not determined by my ability. We remember his arms outstretched and we hang on to the greatest act of love the greatest showing of forgiveness. We hang on to that and we cooperate with him as we forgive others. That's why it says forgive others just as through Christ Jesus God forgave you. You say, God, I'm hanging on to the fact that even when I didn't deserve it, you forgave me. So even though they don't deserve it, I'm gonna forgive them. Forgiveness is possible, not in our strength, but through Christ Jesus. And so lean into him as you do it. Uh, to, to not forgive is to continuously be held hostage to the pain. But God gives us the opportunity to move forward, He gives us the opportunity to heal. And the Abdullah story is the one that shows us the way. I, I want you to hear forgiveness is possible. Forgiveness is possible. I like to watch movies, and um, when it comes to Christmas time, there's a particular Christmas movie that I really love to watch. It's called Die Hard. <laughs> um, what, you don't believe me? It's a Christmas movie. I'm sure I heard jingle bells in it, Pastor Matt. <laughs> no, just a pre-claim, if you have never seen Die Hard, don't go and watch it on the pastor's recommendation. <laughs> it's violent. Um, something about revenge that tickles the heart of humankind, isn't there? Uh, I mean, we love a good hero in a movie who writes a wrong by putting it or giving it to the person who did the wrong thing in the first place. I mean, in the couple of sequels of Die Hard, you see Die Hard with a vengeance. It sort of gives you a bit of a picture of how it's going to end. You know, if the guy did wrong, he's not going to live long. I will make them pay we, we, we had this this will make me feel better can I read the Bible again to you Romans 12 19 to 21 dear friends never take revenge <laughs> bummer oh <laughs> no like leave that to the righteous anger of God for the scriptures say I will take revenge as God speaking I will pay them back says the Lord instead if your enemies are hungry feed them if they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals of shame on their head. Well, that's, at least we're getting a little bit somewhere. But don't leave <laughs> evil. Don't capture this. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Forgiveness is more satisfying than revenge because revenge costs you double. There's there's a mathematical equation to revenge. It's their wrongdoing plus your wrongdoing on top is what equals revenge. It costs you double. When you go out of your way to give something what that, to someone that they des, what they deserve, it ends up costing you twice as much as what their initial actions did to you. You carry the guilt and the shame of what you did back to them on top of what the guilt and the shame that you experienced from them. Revenge costs you double and it's not worth The action, but I gotta tell you, forgiveness doesn't let them off the hook. It's just that it lets them off your hook. And it places them into the hands of a God who says, That's my job. That's for me to look after. But my biggest concern for you is your heart to keep it soft, to keep it submitted, to keep it trusting. Because as you walk out forgiveness, it softens. Your heart, the peace from forgiveness is so much greater than the sense of satisfaction from revenge. And one of the band could come up and join me. Forgiveness is, is, is a new way to live. We spoke about in what Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he says, put on your new nature. Forgiveness is part of that new nature. It's a new way to live. But but what do you do when your heart is still hurting and the person who hurt you won't say sorry? Or can't say sorry? Because healing can feel impossible when there's no resolution from those that have hurt us. I mean, you you can, I wish they would just apologize. I wish they would just come to me and acknowledge what they did and say sorry. I I wish they would. And some of us are carrying hurt so painful that our initial response was, I just wish they were dead. And sometimes the person who gave you the greatest pain is. They've since long gone. They're resting in peace, but you're living in turmoil because of something that they did to you years and years and years ago. And you're wondering how I can live on. But I want to tell you today that forgiveness is the new way to live. There is a pathway to healing. And it's found in Jesus. There is a pathway to hope and it's found in Him. There's a new way to live. And it's learning that our ability to heal cannot depend on someone else's choices. I want to finish with this story. Jesus encounters a man who was lame. And he's sitting by this pool at Bethesda. And the, and, the, and, the, and the rumor of the time was that this angel would come down and would stir the waters and the people that could get in would be healed. And so surrounding this pool was many people, blind, sick, lame, Hurting the ostracized, the outcast that was surrounding, and Jesus walks into this situation and he sees the man. He knows the man's story, and he asks him this very simple question. He goes, "Do you want to get well?" And the man says, "I. I don't have anyone. To help me. I've got no one to put me. Into the pool." where the waters bubble up. He was so focused on what others needed to do for him that he almost missed what Jesus was about to do for him. And some of you are so concerned and so stuck on what someone else has to do before you forgive that you could miss exactly what Jesus wants to do in your life right here, right now. Jesus speaks to this man and he says, this is what I want you to do. Pick up your mat, stand up and walk home. And this is what the man did. He obeyed Jesus and was healed. Jesus stands in front of each and every one of you. And unforgiveness has created a sense of lameness in your life. You've been stuck there for so long. And your language and your mentality is that I'm waiting on someone else to do something before I can be set free. But God says to you, no, obey me and be healed. Forgive others as I've forgiven you and be healed. Release that person like I've said to release Trust me to look after the justice that they deserve. Obey me and be healed. Pick up your mat, walk home free. Walk home healed. Walk home delivered. Some of you are carrying physical ailments in your body because of unforgiveness from years ago. Pick up your mat, walk home, obey God, be healed. In the name of Jesus. Our healing cannot depend on others finally asking for our forgiveness, but only on our willingness to give it. For you to move forward is between you and God. You don't have to wait for others to do anything. God has given us a new way to live and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Come on, why don't you just Actually, I'm going to keep you seated. You're standing long enough before. If you've got your communion cups there, I want you to take them out and start to prepare them. If you've never held one of these in your hand, this is your challenge for today. Uh, Take the top layer off first and then the second layer. It'll just work a whole lot better. That's free. My healing is my choice. And with the kindest respect to each and every person in this room, it's your choice too. What we hold in our hands right now a piece of soft cracker and juice. There's nothing special about the cracker and there's nothing special about the juice. But what it is, is a reminder. Like the curb near the Abdallahs, like the space at Golgotha, this is a reminder, but it's not a reminder of death, grief and loss. It's a reminder of hope. It's a reminder of a God that loved us so much that even while we were sinners, Christ died for us and in the dying for us showed his love by forgiving us so that we now can come into God's presence freely, not being held to account for what we've done because we've been forgiven. And it's a reminder that because I've been forgiven so much that now I forgive much. And so I we're going to take communion together but I actually want to if you can eat and drink with your eyes closed because this is what I want to do if you want to close your eyes and bow your heads right across this place if you've been carrying something of unforgiveness in your heart as as I've been preaching there's a name that pops into your head there's a situation that you continue to reel in pain from I'm not saying that you're going to forget it I'm not saying that the unchangeable can be changed back but healing can start today. If you know you need to step out, if you need to obey and be healed, I want you like that man by the pool when Jesus said, pick up your mat. I want you, eyes are closed, I want you to stand to your feet as an act of faith and say, God, I am today choosing to forgive. I'm even going to close my eyes right now. If that's you in this building, I wonder if you would stand to your feet and say, God, today I'm obeying you and I'm, I know I'm going to be healed. I am choosing to forgive. I am choosing to forgive. Right now across this place, if that's you, stand to your feet. Take this moment. Don't live lame for the rest of your life. Stand up on your feet and say, God, I obey and I want to be healed. For all those seated and standing. Now, if you're seated, I want you to stand with them. And we're going to take communion and we're going to worship God in this moment. Take the bread and eat it now. Come on, take the cup and drink it. And once you've done, once you start to lift your hands, why don't we start to worship the God who has given us forgiveness so freely. And today, God, I choose to forgive in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Yep, push forward. Want to take one moment where I ask a really important question? Maybe you've—this is your first time in church. Maybe it's the first time you've actually ever heard that one. There's a God, and you're intrigued. But two, that He's not distant, but He actually wants to be close. And that not only does He's not angry at you, He wants to offer forgiveness, and that forgiveness comes through His Son. And better than that, He actually wants to be in relationship with you. That's the way you were always created and always designed. And today you recognize that I'm not close to God. I'm not in relationship to Him. Maybe you once were, but you've distanced yourself. Maybe because you feel ashamed and you don't know if you can approach Him anymore. But He forgives you. And He welcomes you to come home. And all we've got to do is accept. All we have to do is say, God, I believe that through your Son, Jesus Christ, that His death on the cross paid everything that I owe and that your forgiveness towards me allows me now to accept that forgiveness to obey and be healed and to walk into relationship with you that's as easy as it is God doesn't make you jump through hoops and religious rituals and the like he just says come home and all you have to do is step towards him and say God I am forgive me if that's you today With every eye closed and head bowed. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand up so high so that I can see it. Thank you, mate. I see that hand. Right across this place. Thank you. I see that hand. If you're responding to God this morning, I want you just to place your hand on your heart. Thank you. I see that hand at the back there. And church, all together, we're going to pray this prayer together. But if you're responding today, I want you to pray this prayer and I want you to mean it. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died on the cross for me. I thank you that you forgive me and that you welcome me and that now I am a child of God. God, I pray that you would continually reveal your love to me help me live this new way by the power of your spirit in Jesus name amen amen come on church would you give a really big applause for those that are responding this morning